As we grow in the wisdom of God, it is necessary to have the right attitude concerning partiality and favor. It is important as we grow in the wisdom of God and it is necessary to have the right attitude when it comes to money, partiality, and our partial treatment of those who have money and it is also important for us to have the right attitude when it comes to faith. This is a two-week series. This week, we will be dealing with the impurity of partiality. Next week, we will finish it with the impurity of a dead faith. But this week, the impurity of partiality. And before we begin, let me say this. It was somewhat heartbreaking. As I studied this, studied this text this week, because what I saw James warning us against, sad to say, has become commonplace in our country commonplace in our culture of the church. For the truth be told, as we read these verses, I sad to say I can relate an awful lot, and I've seen instances of the very thing James says don't do. Let us begin. James chapter 2, verse 1. My brothers, show no partiality. The term there means to treat with high esteem or favoritism. To show favor. He says, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And then he gives a scenario. Verse 2, for if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing, this is a man, worldly goods, worldly status. A gold ring back in the ancient days, one of status, fine clothing. He had money. Those were status symbols of the day. That's, a, that's, a, that's akin to him driving up in a Bentley. Or some other fancy car that's way overpriced. They're status symbols. Last year, maybe it was two years ago, we were we were in L.A. and we were driving, and my boys, uh, I think a friend of mine, he says, "Oh, look at a Bugatti." I said, "What is a Bugatti? What is that? It's a car. What is it? Million, two million? I said, "Oh." Whoever bought that car is a fool. There's no car that costs that much. Not unless you can fly. And still then. But 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 there's no car on earth that you can make that cost for what a Bugatti costs. It's a status symbol. It is used to separate me from the rest of you all. From the buyer who can say he has a way overpriced car because he can afford it. 
and the rest of these peons of hell. The status symbol. And James says, when a man walks in with a gold ring and finds clothing, status symbols of the day. Scenario in which a man, this man walks through your door along with another man. And, 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 and be not deceived. This man, he's a celebrity, an NBA star, a starting quarterback in the NFL, a politician. He's famous. And he comes into the assembly with another man. A poor man. Verse 2, a poor man in shabby clothing comes in with him. Verse 3, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, you say, sit here in a good place. Why you say to the poor man, you stand over there. There's no place in the corner way in the back. You tell the poor man, sit at my feet. You who call yourself a Christian, a believer in Christ because of clothing. You're influenced by status symbols. You look at the car he drives or the zip code a man lives in and automatically you, you esteem him high in the church. Two men walk in and you treat them totally different by the worldly goods they possess. You poor man. Sit at my dirty, smelly feet. Verse 4, James says, Have you have you not been made distinction among yourselves and become judges with evil, evil thoughts? Verse 5, listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those, not with status symbols, to those who love him? Here's the first point, the impurity of, of partiality. We are never to look down on someone because they have little money. You who call yourself a Christian. We who have been cleansed in the blood. We are never to take the principles of the world and apply them amongst ourselves. And because someone doesn't have the flashy status symbols, we treat them different. Really? Really? James calls it evil because we, the church, sometimes make decisions based on money. The principles of the world we have adopted and implemented. And we've taken that which is important to God 
stretch to stand up to what's true, all of that goes out the window when someone drives up in an expensive car. Really? Really? He calls it evil because the way they, they treated these two men revealed what's important to them. What they esteemed high. Partial to a man with symbols, status symbols, regardless of what's in his heart. And because this other man had shabby clothes, we treat him poorly. The implication is, if you can do that, what's in your heart? says in verse 5, my, my beloved brothers, do you know the God we serve? He's a God who takes the poor and makes them rich. He's a God who does not operate on worldly principles. He's not impressed with a Bentley, a Bugatti, or any other overpriced car that's bought. Matter of fact, I think he thinks it's foolish. You are not to operate the way the world operates. You are not to esteem high what they out there esteem high. It's evil. The God we serve, he takes the poor and he makes them rich and free. You know the little things, the first will be last, the last will be first. Yeah, that's our God. Never look down on people because they don't have money. Verse 6 But you have dishonored the poor man, not the rich, the ones who oppress you, and the ones who drag you into court. He, he, he uses the human argument before he even gets to the scriptures. He says, It's the rich that oppress you. Why do you want to cozy up to the bully? Why? The rich who drag you in the court. Why do you want to cozy up to them? Me and my friends, growing up, we, we never wanted to cozy up to, to the guy who wanted to walk around in the bully. If you don't want to play with me, I don't want to play with you. We go over in the corner, we play by ourselves. And had a good time. Why would I have a gravel at a bully's feet? And using the same human argument, why would you ever want to grovel at the richest feet? Humanly speaking, that makes no sense. They're the ones that drag you in the court. Look at verse 7. Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? Even worse than being a bully. Enemies to your God, generally speaking, not all rich, and by all means, all poor aren't godly either. But in a general sense, here's the second point. We are never to look up to someone because they have much money. As we are not to look down on the poor, we are not to look up to the rich. The implication being, if you do that, 
what does that say about you? What principles are operating in your heart? If you can see a Bugatti and run up, people were running up to the car taking pictures. In the background, they would stand next to the Bugatti and take a picture. And in my mind, I was saying, why would you want evidence of being a fool? The worship, the status symbol, the overpriced car. What does that say about Jesus? Jesus was speaking to his disciples in Matthew 19. He says this to his disciples, and it's not easy, it's ingrained in all of us. To worship the rich or the famous or the celebrity. Verse uh, chapter 19 of Matthew, Jesus says this again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The famous discourse with his disciples, right? Goes on when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. His disciples, not the enemies of Christ. The disciples, astonished, saying, who then can be saved? You see their mindset? Wait a minute. Jesus, you're, you're saying we're not the whole, the, the rich and higher esteem? That, that something's wrong? They were astonished, saying, who can be saved? Jesus' response, he looked at him and he said, with man, and this is impossible, with God all things are possible. Even the disciples had this, this mindset. And granted, they're coming from underneath the Mosaic law in which blessings uh, monetarily and to the land were tied to obedience. Not the same today. But, but even they had a false concept of the very favor of God. And today, it seconds us when we look on the TV and TV preacher after TV preacher keeps talking about money. How you can get money. And the sad thing about it is whenever they talk about it, they're never talking about giving you money. It's always about you giving them money. And I scratch my head saying, why do people fall for this? Why do they fall for it? Because they worship money. And we calmly tap into this, this, this evil part of our flesh that worships this. Don't, don't be falling. Don't be falling. We believers operate by a different set of rules. And when a man or a woman is, is, is fully supplied with money, no problem with the bank account. And if want to, and if they want to, can go get big status symbol. It's hard for that person to rely on God because they have it all from a worldly standpoint. That is why Jesus said it is hard for a rich man because he's self-sufficient. 
And because of that false notion of self-sufficiency, we have a tendency to look on. David says, don't do that. Don't do that. Verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law of the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Here's the third point. Showing partiality based on money is a sin. James says it's not about opinion. Not, not, we're not just talking opinion. It's sin. And then he references Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19, 15 says, You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great or the rich. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. It's a sin to look up to the great or the rich. And if you've noticed, also he, he throws in there, just because you're poor doesn't mean you're always right. He goes on Leviticus 19, 18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor. There it is. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And what James is re referencing there is that, look at the verse 8 again. If you are really fulfilling the royal law of the scriptures, the royal law being love your neighbor as yourself, Treat others the way you would want to be treated. The golden rule, as it's called in the New Testament. For you to tell a man because of his clothing to sit at your feet. Sin. Wrong. You are marching to the drumbeat of the world. Look deep. Look deep. God is in control of you. The Holy Spirit is not leading you to the wilderness. Leviticus, God writes that because he says he knows a church, a culture, a group that refers to the rich. A church, a group, a person that looks up and accepts the status symbol have no longer no longer the mindset to obey God. The good book no longer is in control. The textbook is. And that's sin. That's sin. Holiness has taken a back seat to money. Money. I've been in churches. Sad to say I've been in churches when someone's famous and they always wait they always wait to after you know well into the service after people are there and then they come through the back seat back door and they march down the aisle and they sit and see if the fans and cheering clap because the mayor or the, the quarterback of the, the, the local football team has come in and they clap for what for what Church should never celebrate celebrities. We have but one celebrity here. His name is Jesus. That's who we applaud. That's who we praise. Not man. 
I have a saying, those who stood in the presence of God and his holiness can no longer be awed by man. It's impossible. It's impossible to go into the presence of God and to, to recognize who he is and then turn around and he prays on a man. goes on in verse 10 for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. James then moves to the theological argument showing just how sinful it is and it, 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 it's scriptural, it's not an opinion. Verse 11 for he who said do not commit adultery also says do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. That's a reference to, I believe, the gospel. Then he goes on in verse 13. But judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. Here's the fourth and final point. Fourth reality shows a lack of mercy. False reality shows a lack of love. It is evil at the core. Because if you can do this, James says, let's be honest. You serve money. There's no mercy in telling a poor person to sit at my feet. There's no mercy. It's not loving to look down on someone because they don't have the means of the world. With that, with that attitude and with that principle, would we not tell Jesus when he walked this earth to sit at our feet? Will we not tell Jesus to sit in the back? Read the scriptures. He had no gold in him. Didn't have fine clothing either. And I think he did that specifically when he came as a suffering servant, specifically to show that he doesn't walk. God doesn't operate according to the principles of this world. When a person comes to Christ, the man or a woman has accepted the reality that he or she is a sinner, born in sin, shape and iniquity. Then at some point, I know many of us in this room got to a point where we looked at all the status symbols look at all the good we can do, whether it be career, houses, money, and we realize the truth. Those things do not fix us on the inside. And money couldn't hide the brokenness in us. All the money in the world could not fix our marriages, our addictions. Couldn't do it. And the 
all is gracious enough to come to us and draw us to you. And we realize, Lord, there's nothing in this world that can fix you. He is gracious enough to allow us to throw ourselves at his mercy, at his feet, and we cried out, Lord, we're sinners. Save us. He was gracious enough to be faithful to save us. Recognizing we can bring nothing to him. By faith we believe. We believe in the blood, we believe in our Christ. And we accept him as Lord. From there, he filled us of many of the chains that the world has put on us. He saved us. How foolish would it be for us to go back to the world? Playing by their rules. Being awed by expensive, overpriced cars. Looking up to people because they have money. Newsflash, evil men know how to make money. The church should never look up to them. Let's be honest. We live in a culture that's so bad we have celebrity pastors. Men and women who write many books and have TV shows. Convert the gospel on a weekly basis. And sometimes I just, you know, like they say, sometimes when you see a, a train wreck, you just can't turn away. There's even a term for it when you're driving down the road. I don't know if you've noticed this. The accident's actually on the other side of the street. But you actually slow down on your street because they call it rubbernecking. Because when you drive by, you can't just drive. you got to look to see what happens. Sometimes I get that, and I, and I can't help myself. I turn on the TV and hear these, these guys preach, and I never hear sin, repentance, holiness. I rarely hear the name of Jesus exalted. Worldly principles being taught and preached, and people lap it up. They run to a man who thinks he needs a $65 million gift. Because he's nothing but a celebrity. And all he can point to for success is the budget that his organization has. Brothers and sisters, if New Hope Community Church simply is known by the, the budget we can grow, building we can build. It's sad. It's sad. We should never be partial based on the world. Never ever 
My prayer is never, ever that money make a decision to let me have. Check books we don't worship. It's a good book to find.